Welcome back to the Grey Matter podcast. You're with your host, Nick. And today I've got a special guest sitting opposite me, Emma from Miss Bell's Classroom. Em, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on your podcast today. That's no worries at all. Just for reference, Em is also my partner. So lucky her. Um, <laughs> He's been waiting to use that joke for so long. I have. <laughs> And we finally had a topic that I can bring you in on as what I think you're an expert in, and that is uni students. So today's topic is about the struggles that uni students are facing at the moment with everything that's going on. And me and Em both being recent graduates, and we'll go into that in a little bit further detail, we felt like we had some tips and tricks that we might be able to share to our uni student friends to hopefully you know, maintain their motivation and even increase their productivity during this time. But yeah, we have a few tips and tricks. So hopefully today's podcast is punchy to the point. We just want you to get some real value out of this. But first of all, let's kick off uh, with a little bit about you, Em, and Miss Bell's Classroom. What, what's it all about? Of course, no worries. So I am a primary school teacher by trade, and I graduated uni in 2018. Mm-hmm. So what's that, about two years ago? And Miss Bell's Classroom, which Nick is talking about, is my Instagram page where I share a little bit about what I'm doing in the classroom. The online teaching community is massive and I had no idea about it before I became a teacher. It's a real niche, isn't it? It is, and particularly in the Instagram space. And it's just a really, really great way for teachers to share their experience, share resources, share ideas, share some pedagogy. Yeah, it's just a really great space to find some inspiration, particularly for pre-service teachers as well. Yeah, awesome. That's great. And the handle for that on Instagram is <laughs> at Miss Bell's underscore classroom. Thank you. It is. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest supporter right here. Thanks, Nick. No, that's no worries at all. Uh, definitely go and check it out though, especially if you're a pre-service teacher. There were, um, hopefully you'll get some insight into the career. So your time at UniM, just to touch on that, how did you find university? Were you sort of the, I already know the answer to this question, but <laughs> were you sort of the, you know, top grades and attended every class, the very good student that universities like to have? I will say that I really enjoyed university. Mm-hmm. And I definitely enjoyed the face-to-face aspect of university. I found it far easier to learn that way. So I can really appreciate how difficult this time must be Mm. for university students at the moment. I really enjoyed going to -to face-to-face lectures and tutorials just because I found that I was able to take a lot more on board. And I did struggle a little bit with the completely online lectures and things like that. So that's why I think it's great for us to have a conversation today because I know that you really enjoyed the online learning a lot more than me. Yeah, I kind of had a bit of a different experience at uni. I graduated from uni just for reference with a Bachelor of Business with a major in sports management and marketing. And my time at uni was, yeah, it was very different. I I was majority online learning. And I think, you know, being in business, it was a bit of a different course, being that there was a lot more students than in education. Uh, But I, I just found being able to watch online lectures worked for me but now everyone's being forced to do that I mean you know the straight seven students that really enjoyed that face-to-face lecture experience and even the collaboration with their classmates that's being deprived of at the minute so I can understand how that would be very difficult having Em and I's sort of uh, polarizing experience with (laughs) at uni will help uh, hopefully speak to a broad range of different types of students with different types of learning styles 
I suppose. So with that being said, let's jump into it, hey? Let's do it. First of all, we want to just get out some of the problems that we think are the biggest problems that uni students are going to be facing in this time. We've sort of identified the four or five main ones being motivation, uncertainty about not only uni, but your job, your, your casual job that you might be working through uni and also graduates during this time too. Where does that leave them when the job market is the way it is at the moment? So that's definitely um, cause for some uncertainty and anxious thinking. Uh, three, productivity and procrastination, which we all struggle with, I feel, at yeah. different points. And distractions and, and how do we manage those distractions, right? Yeah. Another thing that I dealt with a lot at uni. <laughs> So what we've done is we've got a list of tips and tricks that we've identified. Would you like to kick us off, Em? My first one I feel is quite an obvious one, and that is create a routine. I think this is something that is being spoken about a lot at the moment in Mm. the age of social distancing. But creating a routine can make a really, really big difference, particularly with your productivity and also just your general like mental health, I think as well. Yeah. Having something to wake up for every day is, is important, right? Definitely. And I think maintaining some of the structure that you had before all of this happened and before we had to really stay at home as much as possible, waking up at a decent hour, making sure you're still moving your body and also still getting outside while we can as well. I think that is so important. Every afternoon I've been making sure to get outside and go for a walk and just step away from our apartment for a little while. I think mm. that's really important as well. Mm. And like you were saying, Nick, I think it's really important to schedule in that time when you're going to be studying and when you're going to be having lunch, if you really want to maintain that productivity. Yeah, exactly right. And it's also, it's not only that, it's setting yourself up to be accountable for that too, because you exactly. can get to the end of the day and go, oh, look, I did spend the two hours on that assignment. I did watch this lecture for two hours. I did get in on Zoom and have a tutorial with my tutor. All those things make you accountable. Definitely. You, you can get to the end of the day and go, wow, I did achieve. Mm-hmm. So some of the things that you would include in that routine as a as a must are exercise. Definitely. I think that's really important. Well, for me, definitely it's been helping keeping me sane during this time. I think it's important to make sure that you're obviously scheduling in time to watch your university lectures and tutorials. And I think something that really helped me during uni was trying to do all of the study or assignment work before or after going to that lecture or tutorial. So you're in that headspace because it can be really difficult when you're studying four subjects to think about all of them at once. It can become really overwhelming. So I really tried to make sure I'm setting aside time before or after those tutorials or lectures while my mind is in that space. Don't fall behind on your lectures, (laughs) please. The basics. Yeah, come on, guys. Please don't fall behind your lectures because I made that mistake many a time. (laughs) And I know that you can cram watch them in um, Blackboard or whatever. It's not the same. And it's so easy to do when you're not going and seeing a tutor or a lecturer face-to-face. Exactly right. That that sort of motivation begins to wane, right? And accountability. That's the other thing. Exactly right. So make sure you write down when you're going to watch your lectures and, and do it. Be accountable for it. It's funny, your first one is mirrors my first one as well. Mine was set and stick to the schedule. So setting a routine up, setting a schedule up, and my only addition to it is stick to it. There's a reason you put it in place. 
So just stick to it. Definitely. So what's your second tip? My second tip is talking about setting up your space. I think that this is really, really important for productivity. I think it makes a really big difference, but I understand that it can be really difficult to find a space where you can just focus on your study. I know when I was in university, I used to often go to cafes and things like that just to really sit down in a space and focus on what I was doing. And I also appreciate that it's difficult if you are studying from home to find a space that is just for studying. Nick and I used to live in a one bedroom apartment. We know what that's like. It was tiny. (laughs) So tiny, but I'm actually on school holidays at the moment. So I haven't been working from home as such, but I have had some things that I've had to do and moving all of my work things to a desk, getting away from the kitchen table, getting away from the couch has really, really helped me get those things finished, which Mm. is really, really good. And I know Nick, you have a lot to say about setting up your space for productivity as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's a few things with this to unpack. I guess the first being, yes, the obvious one of like, don't do, don't watch your lectures in bed. If you've got a desk set up somewhere, work from that same desk every time. That's the spot that you go and watch your lectures and work on your assignments and do what you need to do. That's the spot that you go to every day because it helps you get in that sort of mindset for it, right? And we've definitely all tried to watch a Netflix show and be productive at the same time. Let me tell you, (laughs) it doesn't work. I've tried it. I've tried planning in front of a Netflix show. Yeah. It's never the same. So maybe avoiding the couch as well. <laughs> yeah, let's avoid the couch too. Let's let's try and get this onto some sort of desk away from everything <laughs> else. Then once you've found that desk, it's about setting that space up appropriately, right? So making sure that when you sit down to watch your two-hour lecture, you've got everything you need there. You've got your notes and everything set up before you press play. You've got, if you take, take notes, you've got water there. Your phone coffee is- Coffee there, the most important thing. Oh, we're forgetting coffee, right? <laughs> Coffee must be there as well. And make sure with your phone, this is another obvious one, but don't have it on the desk. Mm, And have it on do not disturb. Put it on do not disturb. And at least, at the very least, put it into a drawer or just put it out of the room. That's really important for managing the distractions piece. Definitely. And I think for people like me, a really good thing to do is take notes. I know Nick is a little bit different with this, but I am a really, really visual learner and Mm. I really struggle with the online lectures in particular, because you are just sitting there trying to take on information for two hours. I tried to take notes on the lecture slides. I think that really helped me because otherwise I would get carried away with the formatting and getting every single thing on the page and the font choice. I'm not going to lie. Um, (laughs) So how did you... (laughs) It's still an issue every day. (laughs) How did you do that? How did you write on the lecture slides? Did you use your computer? what, What did you use to do that? I have an iPad, which is really, really helpful. Before I got my iPad, I used to print my notes as well. But I think it's good if you are a notes person to have the structure there with the lecture slides and then adding notes around that really, really helped me because it allowed me to make sure that I was staying focused on the lecture because I was taking notes, but I wasn't wasting all of my time writing down every single thing. Yeah. See, I was much more of an auditory uh, learner. So I tried to write notes at the start of my uh, degree when I was a fresh first year at uni because I looked around and everyone else was writing notes. So I felt sort of <laughs> compelled to, okay, gee, I better be writing something down or else people are going to think I'm not paying attention. But I soon realized that that wasn't the most productive use of the time. I got distracted by writing notes and wasn't listening to the lecturer. So I actually stopped writing notes towards the end of my degree. I actually just listened to the lecturer knowing that you could access the PowerPoint slides later. So it's funny, you know, different learning styles you've just got to lean into what works for you right 
And it's important to note that Nick writes entirely in caps. So Yeah, that didn't help. The speed of note taking is probably not there either. Yeah, I'm a very slow writer. <laughs> it looks very neat though. It does look you. very neat. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, but anyway, um, that all for the second your second tip? I think so, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Mine was attack assignments early. That was my second tip. So there's an important thing here from a brain biology point of view that I think something that's really important to highlight. And I'll tell you a little story about what what I used to do when I got assignments. I would get an assignment and I would be all gung-ho at the start, ready to do this assignment. I'd walk away from the um, tutorial where the tutor was uh, explaining to us all what the assignment was about and what we had to do. And I'd go back to my desk and I would unpack the steps from where to go that I needed to do to complete that assignment, right? So I need to do this amount of research, get this many references, then I need to do my referencing and then I need to do this and this and this and these steps made up the full from where to go completion of the assignment. And I would stop there. <laughs> so I would go, wow, Not awesome. I'm, I've, I've planned this out. I know the steps I need to take. So good, I'll come back to this, you know, in a couple of days' time or, or next week. And of course, the next week would roll around or the next couple of days and it would be the time that I said to, um, to start the assignment and something would come up, something would crop up and suddenly I go, oh, well, it's okay. I know what I need to do. So it's not as urgent because I kind of feel like I'm on top of this. It's okay. So then I'd, I'd put it off and I'd put it off again and suddenly two weeks had gone past and you had four weeks to complete the assignment. So we're halfway through. I've only got two weeks till it's due and suddenly I've gone back and I've gone, well, I'm okay because like I've done all this planning work. I've gone back and I haven't actually started the actual assignment. And the reason being was because it sort of links back in with the schedule thing. Yeah. I'd plan the steps without planning when I was going to do it. Yeah. So make sure when you get an assignment, attack it early and actually begin doing the steps that are required to, to complete the assignment. Definitely. And your third tip? My third tip actually ties in really nicely with yours just then. And that is create a to-do list. So like you were saying, it's really important to break down what you need to get done for assignments and also for exam study. I think a really good way to get those thoughts out of your mind and somewhere where they can actually be useful is using apps like Google Keep. I wish I knew what Google Keep was or if it even existed when I was at uni. Not sure, but gee, it's good. Yeah, because I've only recently just found it. But Google Keep is essentially an app where you can store a whole heap of different lists. And it's really great because you can create categories of lists. So if I was studying now, I would definitely create different lists for different subjects and different assessment pieces. Mm. It's a really great way where you can see everything you need to get done. And there's a nice little checkbox to tick off when you've actually finished that as well. Love it. Go and check it out. Definitely. It's free to use. You can get it as an app on your phone. You can get it on your iPad. You can have it on your computer it's free to use definitely get it and then it's everywhere as well I think what I really love about it is that you can see the same thing on your phone on your iPad on your computer so wherever you go whatever device you have with you it's there because yeah, I, I tried the diary I tried having like a diary and writing down key dates and all that sort of stuff and like I'd rock up to a lecture and I'd be looking around for this I'd forgotten whereas Google keeps always with you right and the other one that's really good there is Google Calendar yeah, definitely. That links with it. And that's something that you might be able to use to set your schedule on. That's certainly something we use together, right? Yeah. As you can tell, we both really, really love organization. <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, anything else on that third point, Em? 
I don't think so. I think we're ready for your third point. Mm. Just probably my last one on that before we move on is just make sure that with your to-do list, make sure that you're reviewing it at the end of the day. Definitely. It's really important to reflect on what you've achieved in the day because that builds momentum for the next day. And the other point that I'll make with your to-do list is don't get up in the morning with a blank page and write the to-do list. Do it the the afternoon before. Yes. And I think waking up and doing it that morning, it can just make it feel really, really overwhelming because you're writing down all of these things that you have to get done and it can feel really, really overwhelming. So I think planning that out the day before is really helpful. And also coming back and reviewing your to-do list. It's really funny you say that. Not too long ago, I was going through and having a look at my Google Keep because I use it at work. I separate different lists so that I know what's urgent, what needs to be done today, what needs to be done tomorrow. And because of the way that everything has ended up with COVID-19 and all of the craziness at the moment, none of my to-do list was ticked off. It was just this massive big mess of urgent to-dos and different things that I needed to get done. And I think it was just a really good reflection of that time and how quickly everything changed. So usually I would try and go back and make sure that I'm ticking things off and it makes it easier to not forget the really important things as well. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. My third point uh, or tip is don't stay up really late. (laughs) We are definitely not practicing what we're preaching at the moment with me being on holidays. Yeah, it's, it's one that you will have to battle with every single night. Listen, during this time, we're all, we've all got an, an increase in that underlying anxiety or stress about the situation that we're all in. It's, it might not be, it might be on a subconscious level, but it's there. So staying up really late is not going to help as well as the routine thing. I think staying up really, really late and waking up really, really late over time, that will affect your well-being. Definitely. I think it's, I think it's important that we try and Go to bed at a reasonable hour at night, obviously, but wake up not long after the sun's actually come up and try and start your day off to a, with a positive note instead of waking up at 11 a.m. or midday even and half the day is gone. You're not going to feel like at the end of the day you've been very productive if you lost half of your day. And I know, Nick, you still try, even though you have been working from home at the moment, to still keep the weekends there and try and maintain your productivity Monday to Friday, try and stay in that routine. And then if you are going to stay up late or sleep in, leave that for the weekend. So you're still trying to maintain somewhat of a normal routine as well. Like it was before. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. If you're someone that gets a lot of work done and it's quality work in the evening and at night, lean into your strengths. Like we said before, this isn't a, this isn't a hard and fast rule for Everybody, however, from our experience, we find that we do feel a lot better having got up early in the morning throughout the day, energy levels, etc. May not love it at the time, but throughout the course of the day, it definitely makes me feel a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Your fourth one? Uh, Number four was just about taking breaks. I think that is really important, particularly when you're sitting in front of a screen all day. In the last week of school here, we didn't have as many kids in the classroom and we were doing a lot of preparation for online learning. So I was sitting in front of a computer most of the day, which is definitely not what I'm used to as a primary school teacher. And it really made me realize the importance of taking breaks, taking time away from the screen 
And I think during this time, taking some time outside is so, so crucial. At the end of the day now, I find myself really wanting to get up and go for a walk and even a run. I am not a runner usually, but Nick's been trying to get us both into running a little bit. And I find that by the end of the day, I really just want to get outside. Definitely. Mm. And then the flip side of that too is after you've, you know, gotten outside and done some exercise too, you'll feel tired. Yes, definitely. So then you'll be able to sleep properly. So then it plays into the whole schedule and cycle. Exactly. And And you get into momentum, don't you? Exactly. One of the biggest things about being in isolation is, is that all of the incidental exercise that we did walking to and from uh, lecture theatres and I know at our uni walking from the car park to the to wherever we needed to go took Absolutely about brutal. seven kilometres. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're missing out on all that exercise though. It was funny. I was looking at these statistics the other day. Chris has a Samsung gear watch and what the Samsung watch does is it shows the males in his age category from around the world that wear Samsung gear watches. It shows the trend of how many daily steps that they do. So he can check at the end of every day and see where he sits in, you know, the world in terms of people that use these watches, where he sits with the amount of steps he does. And it shows a trend monthly. And it's really interesting that in January, I can't remember the exact steps, but for argument's sake, let's say, I think I actually think it was 6,000 was the average daily steps that men in his age category uh, did every day. In March, that dropped to three and a half thousand. It dropped nearly 50%. Wow. I honestly think that from that data, you can make an assumption that in general, people's incidental exercise levels will drop. So really ensure that you're trying to compensate for that in some way by getting in a walk or (laughs) as I've been dragging Em out the door to do some runs you know, those things are really important during this time for sure. Definitely. As you were talking, I just had a look at my step count. Yeah. And you can see where I was at work and I was teaching kids. Then when I was planning and sitting down for most of the week. Yeah. And then when we started including our walks and runs, the step count picking back up again. Truly? So Yeah, because I wear an Apple Watch and you can see really, really clearly. Has it mimicked where you were when you were teaching? Like when everything was normal, you were in a classroom. Are we the same as we were having incorporated these runs and walks and stuff? With the last couple of walks that we've done, it's back closer, like if not more than when I was teaching because we've made a real effort to make sure we're getting out and walking for quite long periods of time now. Especially while we still can, right? Just in case we go into a further lockdown. So no, that's really interesting. There you go. That's that's very interesting. So anything further on, on point four? Well, Nick, you often talk about how regularly you should take breaks when you're sitting at a computer and sort of what those breaks should look like as well. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. There's, uh, from a brain point of view... Should I be hosting this podcast? <laughs> listen, do you want me to step out? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just took over your job for a second. You go. No, you did a great job. <laughs> the brain actually has the energy to concentrate on one solid thing for 20 minutes straight. 20 minutes is the maximum amount of time or juice that the brain has to be able to concentrate on something that's an energy-sapping task mentally, right? So when you're sitting down for your lectures, I would recommend watching it in 20-minute chunks. After your first 20 minutes, take your first break, pause the lecture, max one or two minutes. You don't need to have a really long break, but break the lecture up into 20-minute chunks. I know it will make watching the lecture a little bit longer because obviously you're taking two-minute breaks every 20 minutes. So 
you're adding a few minutes to the lecture, but it's worth it for maintaining the concentration. Because I always used to get about an hour 15, hour and a half in, and my concentration levels had plummeted. And I think that's why live online lectures are really difficult to stay focused on. That was probably something I struggled with the most. Yeah. And I mean, obviously in this scenario, what I was talking about was watching them later where you can control when to pause it and stuff. But if you have got a live lecture, that's a bit more difficult. It might just be that you look away from your computer screen for a little bit, have a few sips of water and look outside if you've got a window there, look outside away from your computer screen and then come back to it, but you're still listening. You're still somewhat concentrating, but make sure that you do have that little short brain break every 20 minutes because it will back end of the um, lecture, you'll be able to concentrate a lot better. It's like my kids in class. We have our brain breaks. <laughs> Regularly, definitely. Year two students definitely can't concentrate for any longer than that. Yeah, true. There you go. Well, that's interesting because the same actually applies in adults. Yeah. That was your number four? Yes. My number four, this is super controversial. And guys, I don't want to lose anyone on this, but it's a biggie. Don't drink alcohol during the semester. Alcohol will only exacerbate how you're feeling. It will only exaggerate how you're feeling before you begin drinking, right? So if you're already stressed about the crisis that's going on, plus you're behind on your lectures, plus you've got an assignment that's due that you haven't started, all of these pressures might bubble to the surface while drinking. As well, there's not a great reason at the moment to to drink. I mean- Nowhere to go. The universe closed. The valley's closed. We can't go anywhere (laughs) anyway. So, I mean- I guess what we're talking about here is we're talking about binge drinking, right? We're not talking about like one or two, I guess, on a Friday night or whatever. I'm really talking about binge drinking like typical university student drinking culture, which, you know, we we were both exposed to when we were in uni. Probably give that a rest at least during the semester and allow you to get on top of your studies because the worst thing that – the worst thing that we can do at the moment is get behind on our studies and have all of this going on and – the pressures of not being able to go outside and do our normal sort of day-to-day things. You don't want to sort of exaggerate that and add more stress and anxiety to yourself, as well as the obvious one, a hangover the next day, (laughs) which is not going to help your productivity levels. It's not going to help your routine or your schedule. It's going to throw everything out. So at least just keep it to not in during the semester. Uh, That's probably my biggest and most controversial tip. (laughs) Your last one, Em. Okay, number five is be kind to yourself. I think this is a really difficult, really confusing, really unsettling time. Even though obviously we've discussed a whole heap of ways that you can improve your productivity. However, it's okay to not be really, really productive all the time. I'm seeing a lot of things on social media and on Instagram and on Facebook talking about how it's really, really important that we use this time to be productive and improve our lives and improve ourselves and learn all these new skills. And I think that's a great way to look at it. However, it's also really important to remember that this is a really, really difficult time. And I know I've talked to uni students who have unfortunately lost their jobs during this time as well, which Mm -hmm. is really hard. So- I think at the end of the day, we just need to be kind to ourselves and remember that it's okay to not be super, super productive all the time. Hmm. I think it's balance, right? Definitely. It's a double-edged sword. We've also got a lot of time here to actually take a breath and relax too. Definitely. I know this is something we're talking about a lot 
to a lot of our clients at Grand Matter Solutions about you know how to help their employees that are in isolation not only stay productive but maintain the balance between being hyperproductive and also relaxing sometimes. Definitely. Throughout all this to keep the stress and anxious anxiety levels down, right? Along with that, the media cycle at the moment is really, really overwhelming. And I think when I was at work and not on holidays, I was definitely checking the news a lot more often because there was so yeah, much me too. impacting my job. And I was definitely checking the news a lot more. Over these holidays, I've really tried to take a step back and still remain informed and still, mm. yeah, I, I love listening to my news podcast in the morning as part of my routine, but towing that line of being informed but not feeling overwhelmed because the news cycle at the moment is really, really full on. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think obviously we live in the same house, so <laughs> we were both sort of bouncing off each other a bit there. And, you know, I, I found myself checking the um, ABC News app, you know, six or seven times a day and it was unnecessary because I could have checked that once a day at night, caught up on what had happened in the day, the general points without the inflammatory headings that are meant to suck you into that sort of news cycle, I could just check what happened that day and remain informed. And that's what I do now. I just check it once a day. Um, just so that, because it's important during this time that you are informed. Definitely. Um, you don't want to be looking at this as a blase situation. This is something Not that's affecting all. everybody. So it's important to remain informed, but don't get sucked into the negative spiral of next news article that leads into this one and suddenly half an hour's passed and you've read four or five news articles that are doom and gloom. Definitely. So yeah, I absolutely agree. I think the the be kind to yourself bit, M, I think that's really important because I don't know about you, but on my Instagram and on my sort of social media, all I'm seeing is, you know, you need to come out of this better than when you went in and this is a yeah. time to like, you know, improve yourself and your this and that. And I'm definitely embracing that with a healthy balance of, hey, just chill out. It's okay if today you're not as productive as you were yesterday. It's balance, right? Definitely. And I think especially when you're at university and aside from your part-time or casual job or maybe even full-time, you're not on anyone else's time. You're on your own time. So I think it's very easy to put a lot of pressure on yourself to get a whole heap of work done in however many days and not quite getting there and feeling really, really disappointed in yourself. And I think that's a really difficult spiral. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Cool. My last tip to wrap it up is keep an eye out on our social media for our graduate development program that we've got in the wings. So I've been working in the background with the experts at Grey Matter Solutions, Chris and Resilience Rod. <laughs> Resilience Rod. I yeah, love it. It's a great nickname, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I've been working with them about how we can put together a package that utilizes their insane expertise in their relevant areas and also my perspective on graduates and their strengths and their weaknesses in certain areas. And I guess what we're trying to achieve is a development program for graduates that helps them integrate into the workforce and accelerate their careers. Amazing. So you'll hear more about that uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, I'd recommend jumping onto our website and signing up to our mailing list. There's about three or four buttons on the homepage. You will not miss it. www.greatmattersolutions.com. Jump on there and sign up to our mailing list because you'll then be the first to hear about any new developments we've got surrounding that. We've also got, uh, you would have heard in our last podcast with our copywriter, Ash, 
We've also got our uh, resume service that's in the wings that we will be announcing some more on in the next few weeks. So graduates, look out for that one as well. Excellent. I think we've nailed it in terms of our tips. Yeah, I hope that the listeners out there found some value from this one and hopefully you can apply some of the tips straight away. Definitely. This is my first podcast. So thank you so much for having me on. You know that. You did well. I'll I'll give you a a 7 out of 10. (laughs) Kidding. You did so well. 10 out of 10, Em. Thank you. Thank you. You're a good host. Don't forget to jump on to uh, Em's classroom. uh, uh, Em's classroom. Miss Bell's classroom, I should say. On Instagram at Miss Bell's underscore classroom. Thank you very much for coming on, Em. Thank you so much for having me. And we'll see you next time on the Grey Matter podcast.